Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Y'all glad to be here today? Amen. Me too. All right. So there's a word that has been circulating for the last couple of years. Uh, you may know this word. You may have used this word. It may be new for some of you. The word is adulting. Adulting. You ever heard, how many of you heard that word? Adulting. All right. Yeah. So uh, adulting, uh, according to the Urban Dictionary, which I'm sure is a very uh, solid source. All right. According to the Urban Dictionary, this is how you define adulting. To do grown-up things and hold responsibilities such as a nine-to-five job, mortgage and rent, car payment, or anything else that makes one think of grown-ups. All right. That's what adulting is. And uh, it's like adult in a verb form, okay? And since 2016, this word started to appear on Twitter. In 2016, uh, today, this word has grown, get this, over 700% in usage on social media, all right? So you can, you can say hashtag adulting and uh, it fits a broad range of categories of things, all right? In fact, if you just went on Twitter and, and searched hashtag adulting, you would find all kinds of things that people are attributing to adulting, all right? I did that this week. These are actual tweets, folks, all right? Not making this stuff up. These are actual treats. Uh, uh, first, first tweet says, uh, I bought almond milk uh, for the first time. Hashtag adulting. Here's another one. There you go. Today I packed my lunch. <laughs> Living the fullest adult life possible. Here's another one. Uh, all, already excited to sleep in on Saturday. There we go. You're definitely an adult when that happens. We got Wi-Fi in our apartment. Hashtag adulting. Here's this, my favorite one. I got my own trash can. I'm living the adult life now. I got my own trash can. Yes. Hashtag adult life. You know, um, I, I sat uh, next to a young woman that on the plane uh, this week and she was probably in her mid twenties. And so we were talking about her life and she said, you know, I really wish that I'd done what all my friends did. They went on to grad school when they graduated from college to kind of extend their college uh, life. She said, unfortunately, I just had to go get a job and work nine to five and pay the rent. And she said, adulting is so hard. It's so hard. And not everybody wants to do it. Not everybody wants to be an adult. Some people think of adult life kind of like this thing right here. This thing right here. There we go. Uh, this is the adult life and that's them, all right? <laughs> Running from adult life, right? Yeah, a living, hey, listen, adulting or becoming an adult is just part of growing up, right? It's a part of growing up. Yeah, it's challenging. It's, a, it's, a, it's difficult at times, but it's just a part of growing up. And, and, and we all need to grow up, right? I mean, it's, it wouldn't, wouldn't be good for you to stay in the adolescent forever, right? Uh, live off mom and dad forever. We don't want that, all right? You know, we, it, that's, that's a part of growing up. And listen, there are some people that don't want to grow up physically, but there are also some people that don't ever grow up spiritually. You know, they, they, uh, they kind of stay in spiritual adolescence for years, sometimes decades, or maybe even spiritual infancy where they're constantly depending on other people to feed them and other people to care for them. And they never really grow up and become a, the person that God created them to be. 
So listen, what I want to talk to you today, here's the main thought that I want to kind of drive in your mind over the next couple of minutes, and this is it. God wants you to grow up. God wants you to grow up. Now listen, you can take that two ways. You can take that one way, kind of like a dad that's talking to his son, and he goes, hey, just grow up, all right? Uh, that would be the more aggressive way to take that. Another kinder, gentler way to take that would just be to say, God wants you to grow up. To, to step up, to move up, to mature up, to live up to the things that he has for you and the plans that he has for you. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about this in Philippians um, chapter 3. He said, I press on toward the goal of the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, God's got this upward call for your life. God doesn't want you to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to just kind of stall out spiritually. There's always a next step. There's always a step up for you to move up in your Christian faith and your walk with him and your understanding of him uh, in your spiritual growth and maturity. So that's what we're talking about. We were in a series called Do What Matters, and we covered a lot of ground. We talked about knowing Jesus matters. We talked about worship matters. We talked about living in community matters, all right? But today, I want to talk about spiritual growth matters. Spiritual maturity matters, that God wants all of us uh, to grow up. And uh, you say, well, how do I do that? What does that look like? Well, I want you to get your Bible and I want you to open it up to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter, uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's one in the rack. We'll put the screen on the screen, the page number. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to be. This is one of the best passages on just growing up spiritually and how does that happen? Now, I want you to look at it real quickly, 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want you to look at verse 2. If you're using the uh, CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, or the one that we're providing for you, if you'll notice in verse 2, uh, it says this phrase, so that you may grow up in your salvation. I want you to circle those two words, grow up, because this whole passage is about how to grow up. How do I grow spiritually? You may be a fairly new Christian. You go, man, I've given my life to Christ, but I don't really know what to do to grow up. I want to grow in my Christian faith. How do I do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into this passage, let me just kind of back up and, and kind of frame out what are we talking about when we talk about spiritual growth? What is spiritual growth? What is spiritual maturity? Because there's a lot of confusion about this. Listen, in its simplest form, spiritual maturity means that you become more and more like Jesus. That you become more and more like Jesus. And your, your attitudes become more and more like his attitudes. His priorities become more and more your priorities. His passion for the world becomes more and more your passion for the world. What breaks his heart breaks your heart. How he lived his life is how we live our life. The Christian life, Christian maturity is looking more and more like Jesus. This is what the Bible talks about in Romans 8, 29. When it says, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. There are multiple verses that talk about God's end game for you is that you become more and more like Christ. His passion, his, his attitudes, his desires, uh, the way he lived his life, his mission becomes more and more your life. You're becoming more and more like Jesus. Now listen, many people don't understand that about spiritual maturity. They think other things 
are a measure of spiritual maturity. For example, some people think that uh, spiritual maturity is about doing religious things. But you can be very religious and go through religious ceremonies and even come to church every week and never grow spiritually. You know that? It's possible to go through very spiritual things and never grow spiritually. Other people think that spiritual maturity is just knowing a lot of Bible facts, right? Like if I know the Bible, if I understand the Bible, then that means I'm spiritually mature, but that may not be true. There's some people that know chapter and verse, but are still not living like Jesus lived. Some people think that spiritual maturity is just, if you're a Christian for a long time, then you just got kind of like, kind of like your physical life. If you just stay alive, then you're growing and maturing, but that's not the case in your spiritual life. Some people have been Christians for decades, but have never grown spiritually into a mature believer that is able to reproduce their life in the lives of others. See, they've never grown to that point. They're still in spiritual infancy. In fact, Paul, uh, uh, in Hebrews, it says, listen, by this time I should be feeding you meat, but I'm still having to fill you milk because you still haven't grown up yet. So it's possible to, to go to church and even be a Christian a long time and never really grow up spiritually. Spiritual maturity is a change on the inside where the Holy Spirit begins to change you and, and shape you and make you a new person and that becomes evident more and more and more on the outside. It's becoming, it's not just how much you know about Jesus, it's how much do you look like Jesus. That's what spiritual maturity actually is. And so how do we get to that place? Well, that's what 1 Peter chapter 2 is about. It's about how do we grow spiritually? What do we need in our life to grow spiritually? So let's just look at it. Uh, together. First Peter chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse 1. This is the word of God. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation if you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, Rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So Peter is talking here to Christians that were being persecuted, Christians that were running uh, from, from those that would try to take their life. And they're really seeking to, to grow up and to become spiritually mature. And here he gives us how to do that. In fact, there are four steps here or four, four things that you need to do in your life to grow spiritually. So I want to lay them out for you, okay? This is how you grow up, okay? Here's the first thing. If you're jotting these things down, jot this first thing down. Um, you need to uh, give up. Write the word give up. You got to give up trying to gain heaven by your own good works. You got to give up trying to uh, be the person God wants you to be just on your own fleshly efforts. You got to give up fighting God for control in your life. And you've got to surrender to Jesus. Really, spiritual growth starts with surrender, it starts with giving up. He, Peter starts off this verse here chapter 2 verse 1 
with the word therefore. Now, last week we started with a therefore and we had to look and see what it was there for. And also this week we're starting off with a therefore. So you got to go, got to go back to the end of first Peter chapter one. And when you do that, you learn that what he's talking about is their salvation. He's reminding them how they were saved. In fact, in, in first Peter uh, chapter one, verse 23, he says, you were born again through the living and enduring word of God. He said, remember when you were saved? Remember when you heard the word of God for the first time and you were born again? You realized your sin, you turned from your sin, you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And in that moment, you were born again into God's family. Now listen, just as you must be born before physically, before you can grow physically, you have to be born spiritually before you can ever grow spiritually. You have to be born again. You have to, that's the term that Jesus used. You have to be born again. It has to be a moment in time when you place your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen, I believe that, in fact, I'm convinced of this, that there are many people that come to church week in and week out that are not growing spiritually and it's truly because they've never really been born again. You know, you can come to church, you can be born in a Christian family, you can, you can serve, you can volunteer, you can do a lot of things and yet never be regenerate. You can never have this moment in time when you give your life to Christ. There's been no change really on the inside. So you're just trying to conform on the outside, but the inside has never been changed. You know, I was talking to uh, my friend Mike this, uh, this week, earlier this morning, and that's his story that you know, Mike grew up in a godly home and, and he um, grew up going to church and went to a Christian school and, and did all of that, but even into adulthood would volunteer and serve and teach all that, but inside he knew there was something missing. There were other people's lives had been changed and his hadn't, and he realized what he was missing was Jesus. He had never fully surrendered the control of his life to Christ. He never had this moment of saying, I confess my sin and Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I surrender all that I am. He had never given up control of his life. And so one day he did that. He gave up control, he gave up fighting the Lord and he, and he surrendered his life to Christ. He was truly born again. He was baptized right here in our church. And going on to, and, and by the way, from that moment, there was this spike of spiritual growth that happened in his life. Now listen, maybe the thing that's holding you back from growing spiritually is this very thing, that there's never been a moment in time when you've given your life to Christ, a moment in time when you've truly been born again. That's how it begins. You can never grow up until you first give up and surrender your life uh, to Jesus Christ. Why is this important? Because when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. And he is the one that makes you a new person. The Spirit of God comes to take up residence in your life. And the old is gone and the new has come and he begins to do this changing work on the inside that eventually is evident on the outside. Without coming to Christ, then you're just trying to conform. You're trying to do your best to be better which is never gonna be good enough. So the first question is this, have you given up? Have you come, can I, if I were to sit across the table from you and say, when was the moment you gave your life to Christ? Can you point it down? Can you nail it down? If you're like, Craig, I'm not really sure that I can do that, then that's your first step. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. 
So the first step in, in, in spiritual maturity is to give up, to surrender your life to Christ. Here's the second thing that he mentions, and that is to clean up, right? Look at, look at verse 1. He says, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and slander. So one of the first things the Spirit of God's going to do when he comes into your life, he's going to start spotlighting and revealing some things that need to change. Some things that are your old life that you need to give up and get rid of in order to really go on and to walk with God. You say, well, what kind of things is the Spirit of God going to point out? Because I'd like to know beforehand. All right, well, Peter gives a little list. Now, of course, this is not a comprehensive list, but it is a list of things that need to go for you to grow, right? In fact, look at what, what it says, malice. That word malice there is a general term for anything sinful, all right? It's kind of a general term for anything that doesn't please God, anything that's not right. It's malice. Um, then he used the word deceit, which literally means to bait the hook. It means to uh, try to trick someone, to try to deceive someone, to try, to try to manipulate someone. Then he uses the word hypocrisy, which literally means to play the part or put on a mask, to try to pretend like you're somebody that you're not. He said, we've got to get rid of that. Then he, he uses the word envy and slander. Envy means to want what somebody else has. Slander means to talk about somebody behind their back and stab them in the back. And, and listen, he said all of these kind of things, these are the ways we used to live. We used to live with envy and slander and tricking people and living in hypocrisy and just doing stuff that wasn't right. And he said all that, that your old life, that needs to go in order for you to grow. You know, in the early church, what would happen, they had a special ritual when a person gave their life to Christ that they would wear old clothes to their baptism. And then when they would be baptized, they would take off their old garments, they would be baptized in the water. When they would rise up, they would put on new garments. And that was a picture of them shedding their old life and being born again to a new life. Their old life is gone and the new life has come. So listen, if you are going to grow spiritually, there's some things that have to go. You have to say, God, are there some things in my life that I need to get rid of? Maybe there's an attitude. Maybe there's some bitterness. Maybe there's some resentment in your life. Maybe there's some hurts that you've held on to for so long. Did you know that those things can actually hinder your spiritual growth? You say, why is that? Because when we hold on to things that we know are not right, when we hold on to things that we know are not right, those things grieve the Spirit of God. Those things break our fellowship with Jesus. Listen, you can't, you can't grow in a relationship with anybody if you keep offending them, right? I mean, you can't, you can't have a great friend and then you constantly are offending them. Like, well, hey, wait, well, I, I, you're offending me. Why am I, you can't have a relationship with me if you're gonna offend me all the time. And the same way, that's what we're doing. When we continue to do the things that we know are sinful and things that are not pleasing to God, then we're offending him. We're grieving the Holy Spirit. And, and so we can't ever grow. And so your, your spiritual growth stops right there. So maybe your next step is just to say, God, what's in my life? Is there anything in my life that's hindering me from walking with you and knowing you in a deep and personal way? Is there any area of sin in my life that I need to get rid of? You know, if, if you really wanna grow in your spiritual life, there are gonna be some things that have to go, okay? Number three, number three thing, and that is you need to fill up. You need to fill up your heart and your mind with God's word. 
Look at what he says in verse two. He said, like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation. You know, once you start getting rid of some things, you start saying, you know what, that, that, I, sh- I don't need to be doing that. I, I don't need to be talking to my wife this way. I don't need to be looking at that thing. I don't need to have this attitude toward my husband. I don't need to have this anger issue. Or what it, whatever the things are that God begins to spotlight, as you say, Lord, forgive me for that. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not that person anymore. As you say no to some things, then all of a sudden you need to say yes to some other things. You need to start filling your mind and your heart with things that are good. And that primarily is God's word, the Bible. The more you begin to feed yourself God's word, then the more you're gonna grow. Notice he gives a little illustration here. He said like newborn infants. How many of you all remember when your kids were really little? All right, Uh, you remember that? Remember how much sleep you got or lack thereof? All right, yeah. Man, our girls, man, when it was feeding time, uh, they let everybody know. Nobody was going to sleep until they got something to eat, right? This is where I would work on shifts. I would have an early shift and a late shift. She would have a midnight shift. We, we just did the shifts all around in order to keep them fed because, man, they're going to cry out because it's, they're hungry. And he said, in the same way, you need to have this, this insatiable craving desire for God's word. He said, like a newborn baby, have, crave, and desire the pure spiritual milk of the word. He said, because when you do that, you're going to grow up. You're going to grow up. If you want to grow up, you got to fill up your heart and your mind with God's word. Now, a recent uh, LifeWay study uh, looked at the correlation between spiritual growth and Bible intake. And here's what they discovered. They discovered that Bible, the practice of Bible reading really affects all other Christian practices. In other words, if you read your Bible on a daily basis, you're more likely to give. If you read your Bible, you're more likely to pray. If you read your Bible, you're more likely to serve. If you read your Bible, you're more likely to worship God on the weekends and live in Christian community. All of those things happen if you read your Bible. These other things are lifted up. However, they also discover that the opposite is true. If you do not read your Bible on a regular basis, then you're not very likely to give, you're not very likely to serve, you're not very likely to pray, and you're not very likely to live in Christian community. Isn't that interesting? Just the practice of daily Bible reading seemed to accentuate and grow all other areas of your Christian life. So Peter was right when he said, if you will hunger after the word of God, then you'll grow up in all these other areas of your life. So here's a big question. How are you doing in reading the Bible? How how much time do you spend outside of Sunday morning do you spend actually studying and reading and pondering and applying God's word to your life? LifeWay Research went on to ask that question, how, how many people are actually reading their Bible? How often are they reading it? And this is what they found. Here's a graph. Uh, 32% of regular uh, churchgoers will read their Bible almost every day. 32%, about a third of the crowd. Uh, the rest, a uh, few times a week, once a week, a few times a month, once a month, hardly never, about another 67% Uh, or less than that. So roughly about a third of the crowd today, a third of you listening to me, will actually be reading your Bible during the week 
And since you know that that is the one activator for all other spiritual growth, you're actually probably in a position best to grow. But that also means that two-thirds of you that are listening to me right now will not be growing because you're just not reading your word, the word of God on a regular basis. And you may say, well, Craig, you know, I know I'm supposed to read my Bible. I know, I know. But here's, here's the deal. I mean, I, let me just be really honest with you. I, I just don't have a desire to read my Bible. I, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, sometimes I don't really desire to read. I know it says desire the pure spirits of the word. I, I get that, but, I, you know, I don't really know where to start. You know, I don't, sometimes I don't understand what it means. I, the Bible seems so big. I don't, I don't know where to begin. I, I just don't have any desire to read my Bible. What do I do then? Well, if that's you where maybe you've kind of stalled out, maybe you've lost that desire, that hunger, there are a couple of things you can do. One thing you can do is ask God to help you. You know, Philippians 2.13 says that God is the one that gives us the desire to do what pleases him, gives us the will and the work for his good pleasure. And so first thing you can do is just say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't have a desire for your word. God, would you give me a desire for your word? Second thing you can do is just really take inventory of your own life. Is there something in your life that's hindering you from walking with God? That kind of goes back to the last point about cleanup, right? Is there any area of sin in my life that's actually diminishing my hunger and my appetite for God's word? You know, sin is a, is a hunger suppressant when it comes to the word of God. And the more you sin, the more you don't want to be in God's word. Why? Because it kind of convicts you of what's wrong. And you don't want to hear that. So you just, you call, you push the word of God away. So you might be asking, ask God the question, God, is there any area in my life that needs to change? Any area that I need to push away so that you can fill me again with a desire for your word? And then here's another thing. Just put yourself in a good position to grow. You know, if I, if I want a plant to grow, I'm going to make sure I put it in a great spot where it can get some sunlight. I'm going to water it on a regular basis. I'm going to give it some little fertilizer or food. I'm going to talk to it, I guess. Maybe that's what you do. I kind of kill plants personally, but that's what people tell me. And, and so you're going to put it in the best position to grow, right? So put yourself in the best position to grow. Get, get you a Bible that you can understand. If you don't have one, take the one that's in the rack in front of you. It's our gift to you. We've, crea- we've chosen that version because we believe it's an easy to read version that anybody can read it and understand it. So take that. Get a version that you understand. Go online and get a, get a, a Bible reading plan. Don't just surf through the Bible. Have a plan to read it. We actually have one on our website under the media resources. You can click on reading, Bible reading plan and download it for yourself. Or there are lots of good online Bible reading plans. You can go to the uh, version Bible app and they have multiple uh, Bible reading plans that you can choose from. Talk to people that have a growing walk with God and say, what do you do when you uh, spend time in God's word? Get a journal, get a pen, find a good spot. Do all those things to help you get in position to read God's word. Here's a cool thing about reading God's word. It's like a cycle, all right? The more you read it, the more you want to read it because God speaks to you. But the less you read it, the less you want to read it. So, what do I need to do to grow spiritually? Well, I need to give up trying to earn my own way to heaven and I surrender to God. I, I, need to, I need to clean up. I need to ask God what areas of my life are holding me back from growing spiritual. I need to fill up my heart and my mind with the word of God. And let me give you one more. 
I need to offer up. I need to offer up myself to God. Look at verse 4. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by people but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves like living stones, a spiritual house are being built up to a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Now, uh, Peter is using here an Old Testament illustration. He said, just as priests in the Old Testament used to go to the temple and offer up sacrifices to God, you need to be, as a priest yourself, offer up your own self to God as a spiritual sacrifice. Paul said the same thing in Romans chapter 12. He said, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to the age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. He's saying, listen, you just need to offer up yourself to God. Say, Lord, I just want to be fully used by you. What does that look like? That looks like you getting on your knees in the morning and saying, Lord, I'm all yours. I want to go where you want to lead me. I want to do what you want me to do. I want you to, I want to say what you want me to say. I want to live the life you want me to live. God, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to resist you. I'm not going to ignore you. I really do want you to fill me with your spirit and use me. And I'm offering all that I am to you. Listen, you, this is very important. You cannot grow if you're constantly telling God no. You understand that? You can't grow like that. You can't grow. Say, God, I want to grow, but no, I'm not going to get in a connect group. Uh, I, I want to grow, but, but no, I'm not going to share my faith. No, I'm not going to spend time in God's word. No, I'm not going to go to worship. No, I'm not going to serve. No, I'm not going to lead that group. No, I'm not going to go on that mission trip. No, I'm not going to serve in my community. I mean, if you're constantly telling God no, you'll never grow. But if you tell God yes, then you'll grow. God, you want me to lead that group? Yes, I'll do it. God, you want me to get in community? Yes, I'll get in community. God, you want me to worship? Yes, I'll worship. God, you want me to serve in this area? Yes, I'll serve. God, you want me to volunteer in this area? Yes, I'll volunteer. You want me to give here? Yes, I'll give. As you say yes to God, you grow. You're offering yourself completely to him. But you'll never grow if you always say no. So how do you grow spiritually? Listen, God wants you to grow up. He wants you to grow up in your spiritual life. That you know, means saying yes to God. It means offering yourself to him. It means filling your mind with God's word like we just talked about. It means taking good inventory of any area of sin in your life that you need to get rid of so that you can grow. And it starts with saying yes to Jesus. You see, Jesus paid a high price for your spiritual growth. Do you understand that? He died on a cross so that you could become more and more like him. The least we can do is say yes to him and to follow him.